Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. Changing it up this episode, it's a sasshole sound off. Call it a rant, call it constructive criticism, we're just clearing the air. Today, we're talking about preparing your business for taking time off. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Sound off number 12, the wedding sassholes. Welcome back. We're back. We're back, bitches. We're, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, for those of you who have stayed up with and kept up with the podcast and listened to the journey, um, Vanessa and I both took a chunk of time off for some health things. How are you doing, Vanessa? It's it's a slow journey, but uh, I'm on my way back to feeling 100%. So I'm just, this has taught me a lot of patience. <laughs> it's been interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I had surgery and then Vanessa had surgery with all kinds of things that got done um, at the end of last year. And there were so many learning opportunities for us both along Gosh. this process. Um, and if you don't, if you don't know, we are always, both of us are always on the go and have a million things on our plate. So when you have surgery and you are forced to take time to recover, it is torture. Yeah. It's like, it's like everything comes to a dead stop. And Mm -hmm. when I feel like I even, this sounds awful, but my partner doesn't listen. Don't tell him you heard this here, but like, I've got my family and my relationship trained. They are trained to me being a worker bee, an entrepreneur. I own a business. I'm on the go. I got stuff to do. I think it was almost like, I don't really know what to do with you just sitting here. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I started going a little like, uh, I was going a little crazy. So I had a little bit of the opposite. The people that, because my my surgery was a little bit more intense than Shannon. Mm -hmm. So I had to have more, I had to, I was, (laughs) Um, I had to have more help on my side and the people that I have that are in my closest circle, including Shannon, um, they all were like, no, let us do it for you. And very like forceful. But I think they were that way because they know I'm that way that if someone needs help with something, I'm forceful in letting me help you. And so they did that back to me of, no, I can get that for you. I can do that for you. Sit down, relax. Like they were constantly telling me to not do things, even though I was getting antsy. So I had the opposite. But did you find that it was hard because we're such like on the go people and get shit done kind of girls? Like, don't, did you find that it was all of a sudden you're like forced to rely on other people in a way that we probably don't normally have on a regular? I, me personally, I'm extremely independent. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm a single woman. I own my own home. I own my own business. Like I do everything by myself. It is crippling to me to ask for help. So it was very hard for me to need the help and to accept it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I think that that's when we decided we were coming back and we've got lots of great episodes where we're going to bang out for you of great stuff. But what we wanted to talk about today was there are moments within your business, whether it's before you're leaving for vacation, before you have something like you have an emergency that happens and you're forced to take the ties, the holidays, right? Some people (laughs) shut it down from December 15th on, like whatever that is, you know, the business doesn't really stop. And so when we talked about like what to talk about coming back, it was like, what are the things that we did to prepare really to be able to take the time off and not 
I don't, I don't feel like the business suffered in any way. Do you? No, actually I, we had so much growth during this time period. I've mm-hmm. had to take off. I've already been off for four weeks and I have to take off another two. So it's six weeks that I haven't been like really in the business. I mean, I've still been in it a little bit, but yeah, you know, you have to keep that ball moving just because you have stopped doesn't mean the rest of the world has stopped. So you have to keep it moving forward. So this whole episode is what we learned during our time off and how we set up better systems in place for our business and our staff so that it could keep moving forward without us being there. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start first by something we both did, and that was preparing the clients that we have. This is probably the number one thing that you should do, because even if your staff is on board, your venue partners are on board and your vendor partners, if your clients don't have a clue of what's going on and they start to feel like there hasn't been enough communication, you're going to suffer. So I am fully transparent with my clients on all things that are going on. So one of the things that I did was I started creating stories because I'm big on um, Instagram stories and Facebook stories. I started creating stories of, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going to be coming up in the future. Um, These are the dates or this is what's going on this weekend. This is your person of contact, things like that. So just staying on top of being transparent and being to date with things, posting on your social media, creating the videos or a template that just has the dates that you're not going to be there on your Facebook or your Instagram, or if you use TikTok, and then also changing over your voicemail recordings on any of your work phones. Make sure the dates are also in there. I think that's key point. Yeah. And remember Um, on most social media platforms, you can also pin posts. So obviously if it's a story, it's in and out for 24 hours, but it's okay for you to make a post, pin it to the top saying Mm -hmm. that like, you don't have to share all your dirty laundry, but just (laughs) this whole section is about setting expectations. And when you, if you put a post up on both Facebook and Instagram, you can pin it. Same thing on TikTok. I think you can pin up to three. And you can pin it and just kind of share in there, you know, make it clear. Don't just put a picture up of what you do and expect people to read the comments, like put it in the picture of the post that you're putting on there. I think voicemail one is also really key to because people calling might have a different they Maybe they didn't see it. So you really have to cover Mm -hmm. the gamut of the places people normally look for you, whether they're searching as a lead whether they're like all of those things, you really got to make sure that message is put out everywhere. One of the things that we did was um, we actually sent an email blast. I'm really big on email marketing. We have got a um, email system in place where everyone is tagged. So um, I wrote a very personal email, not oversharing information, but letting everybody know. And the ultimately the goal for me was to limit the quantity of email that comes into my inbox was by letting everyone know, hey, my team is going to be here. They'll be catching. But, you know, if it can wait. Can you put it on hold? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, if it's one of those quick questions that somebody just emails me, like maybe they can actually go read their contract and read their paperwork and read the previous emails instead of just emailing and asking it. Um, and so we sent an email blast. And one of the other things we did leading up to it for weeks was putting dates in my email signature. 
of saying like we'll be out of the office and this is a great vacation one if you're somebody summer's coming and it's on vacation and you know you're going to be away for two weeks in july like june 1st add it to your email signature so that way all the emails you're sending in june they just see all the way down at the bottom like hey we'll be out of office this summer from this date to this date so it like starts to plant a seed but you've got to do it like a few weeks in advance and make it stand out make it bold at the bottom in a different color something like that be like be upfront about it yeah be upfront about it but I think also when you're doing things like that you're putting the dates out there you're sending the email ahead of time you are anticipating the client's concerns of when you're not going to be available you're telling them hey this is what's happening so that if they have questions comments concerns they can get to you on it but you're also make sure that you have some form of like an emergency contact backup for them to contact during right. your timeout. So if you have a lead employee that you know they can direct calls to, or there's a certain phone number that they can call, um, things like that, just anticipate their needs because that's showing not only professionalism, but it's showing that you have your shit under control and they won't have to worry the time that you're out. Yeah, this is really hard if you are true solo, solopreneur. And so I think that this is one of those times to lean on your network. Like you have, you should have relationships with other people in your category. You should have you know, that maybe that person, you know, can, you've got that relationship and super close friendship, or maybe it's not somebody in your category. It's another industry friend that you're like, Hey, listen, can you do me a favor? If I give you my login and password, can you just log in, you know, once every two or three days and make sure there's no burning, you know, thing in there. If you really are legitimately going to be off the grid. I think a lot of times in today's world, we can kind of just after a few days, maybe open, start taking a look. Maybe we're not replying, but if you're going to be like missing in action and business is still happening, you know, you still have events scheduled and things like that. You're right. You have to have a like, who am I supposed to go to if I need it? So I think that's really important what you just said about vendor partners. So let's just go right into venues and vendors. So when I knew that I had to take time off, I did reach out to fellow frienders that are in my specific category. So other people who own bakeries that I am friends with and just said, Hey, are you busy during this time and this time? Like, are you super swamped? Um, and can I, because I will be out, can I send, you know, my clients to you if they need something like immediately, like if they have a holiday party and they need something, like, can I refer them to you? Or for whatever reason, my staff needs help on something. Is there a way that you can lend a hand because they are another business owner? So I do have two that I actually went to culinary school with down here in Florida that I am close friends with and they do own wedding cake businesses. Spoke to both of them and they both were completely on board. Anything you need, just let us know. I didn't have to tap them in, but it's always nice to know that someone that also owns a business is your friend and in your you know, in your um, industry can be there to help when you're not just trying to just lean on your staff yeah. that doesn't know the ins and outs. Yeah, it's, it was so nice to do that. And I think that that was crucial. I mean, that's why you should network and make friends in your yeah. industry. Perfect well, example. And, Perfect and, example. Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause you don't know when those things are going to happen or let's mm-hmm. say it's an emergency. It's not planned, right? So let's say it's an emergency and you're like, oh my God, I need somebody to be able to make, deliver, whatever, step mm-hmm. in and cover for me, right? You have to have those relationships, um, 
built and ready. And so then let's talk about the people who refer you, because I think that's another important piece of this, you know, prepping vendor and venue partners is being, you know, reaching out to them kind of like I did from an e-blast standpoint and just letting them know, you know, you do have a business to business relationship with them. So finding the best way to reach out and just say, hey, here's a situation. I know you guys are going to continue to be booking and to be sending people my way. But if you can let them know to expect a delayed response. So like, don't send me the referral for flowers that's next month because I'm not going to have time to meet with them and execute it and whatever. But, you know, just letting them know because the what you don't want to do is not tell your venue partner and then they are booking. So let's say it's, you know, right now when Vanessa and I are recording this, it's December, January. And so it's booking season. So those venues, they're banging out new clients, sign up, sign up, sign up, right? And then they're giving out the referrals. Well, if that client calls while you're down and reaches out, their response to the venue is going to be like, oh, I never heard back from them. Or you told me to reach out to so-and-so and they never replied. But if you've prepped them, they can say, oh, you know what? I should have told you. I know that they're out. You know, they've got a little bit of family stuff going on at the moment, but please be patient. I'm sure they'll respond by next week, right? You can kind of buffer that, but you have to give them the knowledge to be able to do that. I've actually done that with people that I knew have kids and were going on like spring break vacation. I knew that they were taking that time off. So when I referred the client to them, I said, you know, here's their information. But just so you know, I I know that they are on vacation the next two weeks. So yeah. if you send them an email, please don't get discouraged. They'll get back to you when they can. And they they appreciate you knowing that, but they also appreciate you stopping them from, you know, worrying and like contacting yeah. the other person. But I think it also shows your good communication skills with your vendor partners and your venue yeah. partners, especially if you are part of an all-inclusive package and that client thinks that they're supposed to be contacted by you immediately after booking and you haven't contacted them. If they know that you're out of town or if you know, you're know you out for surgery or just whatever reason that you're away, if they know that, then they already have that anticipated wait time in their head. So if you or another staff member reaches out before they think you're yep. supposed to, um, it just, it's that other level of professionalism. Um, excuse me, but I think also with your venues and your vendor partners, when you know that you're going to be out giving them an, an emergency contact that if they need something for any reason, here's the person you can contact, or here's my personal cell phone. If it's absolutely necessary, yeah. this you can get a hold of me. Well, and let's talk about that in general, because I think it's funny because I hoard local cell phone numbers. Like if you ever call me from or text me from your personal cell and I know your business, I save that number so damn fast as like their cell. And I won't call it first. I'll never like mm, initiate that, but I hoard those in my phone. And <laughs> the amount of time someone calls me because it is a legitimate emergency. So this is also just good business practice besides like I'm going off the rails a little bit here, but I think that on event day, when you're sending confirmations or things like that, I think it's important for you to know the ex not just have an office phone number. And if that's something on your website that there's on the contact page in case of emergency on event day, here's that number. Now that you're always going to get the a-hole who abuses it, but I think oh, that yeah. it's, it's a really important thing for you to have that. What's the extra number that 
and you know, maybe you have an office phone and it is your cell phone and it's all the same thing, but there's a lot of people with legit offices and that's the phone number on their stuff. So just make sure mm-hmm. that you've got that, how someone can contact you or whoever your catch person is during that time. It's funny you say that because when I give my personal cell phone number to other people in the industry, I specifically tell them, do not share this with anyone and put under contact, yeah. Vanessa, do not share. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I don't give those numbers out unless it's a legit emergency. So sometimes someone mm-hmm. will text me and be like, oh, do you have so-and-so's cell phone? I was like, what do you need it for? Is my reply. And when I get that text on a Saturday at three o'clock, I know they actually legit need to get into Like it's an emergency. Right. But when it's like a Tuesday at four, I'm like, send them a freaking email. You don't actually need to call their cell. Yeah, no, if you don't actually need it, no. No. So speaking of emergency plans, one of the things that I did for my staff before I took, you know, my leave of absence was I created a phone tree of people in my direct circle for them to get a hold of people that were vendor contacts or my associate in the market, like the other bakery owners who made a phone tree list for them. So that if they had a problem that they could easily solve by contacting one of these people before trying to contact me, they had all of the information. I gave that phone tree to the employees. I gave it to the people in my direct circle that were taking care of me. And I also gave it to my um, vendor associates so that everybody had everybody's contact and I didn't have to play the middleman, but they could all figure it out themselves. Yeah, because if something actually happens, and this is a good business practice to have in general, if there's an emergency on event day and you're on site, you know, here's who you call first, here's the second number, here's the third, like here's the the order that we're going to go in in terms of being able to do. And that's, you know, that's all part of preparing when you have a team and you have staff, you know, it's prepping those people for and preparing your business. And maybe you're an, you're a solopreneur and right now you're listening to this section. You're like, I don't have staff. I don't have people. So let's just assume you're going to grow to get people, whether it's an admin or something like that. The other really important thing that in general, we move so fast and don't always stop to do is making SOPs. Now an SOP is standard operating procedures. It's like a manual for your business, right? So it's not so much, can you go check my email? It's like, if you see this, it's a lead and this is the email that gets sent in reply. If you see this type, like it is like, if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, someone could open that manual and do the things that are your job. And there's some really cool tools out there. There's one called Tango, T-A-N-G-O, where um, it's a paid tool, but like you can screen record and it like tracks your clicks and will help you write an SOP. There's like how to use software and things like that. You can go as basic as typing up a Word document step-by-step. I actually have, when we hire new staff, we open up all the SOP because, you know, we change shit. We start, this is how we do it, but then we change it. But Mm -hmm. um, when you have those SOPs readily available, yes, if you know you're leaving, you can sit down and write the few that you really need to. But it should be something more commonplace for you to start writing your house, like how you do stuff and start writing those few things. I mean, I have a few that are three lines on a page, but it just tells people, you know, when text messages come in, this is where you reply. This is how you get to where they are and things like that. So that's having your SOPs ready is a great thing because your employees will feel more, your staff will feel more secure that they have the information they need because they don't want to ask you when you're not there. Well, it gives them an easy direction. And with that, I would say everybody has one employee. If you have employees, if you don't have employees, I was there. I was 
not even a year ago, I had nobody. And now I have five people. It's crazy. But anyways, so if you have employees, you should have one main lead person that you know that you can depend on or has been with you the longest or knows most about your business. And with that one employee, I would say make them the lead while you're gone. Yep. Give them the responsibility, show them the SOPs, and then have them have them shadow you for whatever time frame leading up to your time away. So two weeks, three weeks, whatever you think is necessary, but treat them exactly like an apprentice and show them every single part of what you do along with the SOP so that they physically see it. They have all the instructions in the SOP. And then when another employee or, you know, an associate has a question, they will already have that and they feel more prepared for taking over since you took the time to actually like show them every step of the way and the why behind the what's. Yeah. One of the things um, me and my assistant Kate do is she makes two folders in my inbox when I'm out of town on vacation or when I'm unavailable or whatever. So every email that comes in, and well, let's, let me, she also makes a third. So one Uh of the boxes, the silly one is called unsubscribe. I get a lot of you buy something, you end up on a list, you do whatever. And when you're busy on a regular day, you're just delete, delete, deleting. So when she's going through my inbox, when I'm out of town for a week and I am shut down or I'm speaking at a conference or whatever, when I shut it down for a week and I'm barely getting like 30 minutes a day to go in there and check and do and answer things, she makes three folders. One is called unsubscribe. And she will take anything that she's like, Shanna doesn't need to see this shit ever. So she puts in a folder called unsubscribe, telling me like, you should probably get off this list. She doesn't want to unsubscribe for me and make the decision, but she puts one folder called unsubscribe. Um, the second folder is needs reply. Now she may have replied back to it, letting them know, hey, Shannon's out of the office. I'm doing, you know, can this wait until she gets back? You know, she'll, I've got it filed in a place where she knows she needs to get back to you. But I just want you to know we've received the email and she'll catch up on Friday. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's amazing when she sends that one email, they reply back and say things like, oh, you know what? It's no big deal. I'll figure it out. She doesn't even need to get back to me. And then Kate's like, file it. It's gone. Right. So, Mm -hmm. but if it was me, my stupid ass would have replied. So that's it. So it's, it's unsubscribe needs reply or the other file is called replied. Meaning she wants me to be able to still be in the know because she knows I like to keep things like archived and filed and whatever. So anything she's replied to and handled, I can just go through and give all those emails a quick skim and then file them into the appropriate folders. So yes, it's handled, but she doesn't want me to get stuck because the client then asks something from the next step. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we do needs reply, replied and unsubscribe. Um, And then she files anything that's just like regular um, stuff. But we had to come up with that system. Everything for success in your business is about developing systems to be able to standardize this. And so that's, you know, that's the big, one of the biggest successes I've been able to find to really give someone full access to control my inbox. It's scary, y'all. Scary given that inbox control. I have, I have an admin now and she also does deliveries on the weekends. And I sometimes will go in and double check the emails that she sent just because it is scary. (laughs) So I go in there just to make sure she replied correctly or she replied to all of them. Um, With that being said, you should have a game plan in place for the events that are scheduled while you are out of town. And so what I personally did was 
each of the girls that they were assigned a certain wedding while I was gone. And with that, they had complete client folders. They had all of the vendor lists. So they knew caterer floor. They knew they had all the lists, all the contact information. I put them in touch with the couples um, so that I could, again, alleviate myself, but give them all of the materials that they needed to fulfill that event. I also told the planners and the venues ahead of time, hey, I'm going to be out. This is your point of contact for this specific wedding. And I made sure that whomever was delivering to these certain venues, they had already been there multiple times. So they were familiar with the layout. They are familiar with the staff and they already knew all the venue staff as well. So it all worked out perfect. You do have to put those in place. You can't just be like, okay, here's all of our events. Good luck. You have to make sure there's a game plan. Yeah, I mean, the theme of this episode overall, when we're talking about, you know, preparing for your business for taking time off is about setting expectations. And Mm -hmm. so ultimately, it's setting expectations and setting, setting the whole situation up for success. And I think sometimes you could be listening to this and say, you know what, I should probably do some of these things when I'm out of the office for the weekend. Um, We did miss one section, which is setting an out of office message. So I think that that's, it's a touchy line for me and for some people. I do believe an out of office sets expectations if you have no one touching your inbox. So if you are a full on solopreneur and you are, when you leave the office on a Friday morning to go shoot a wedding as a photographer and you know you are going to be out for three days and you are not really responding things until Tuesday and then you're taking Monday off, that's fine. I believe in set the out of office. But I also think sometimes, oh, two things I fucking hate. I can't, I'm going to die on the cell. I'm getting on the sofa. Here comes the sound off part. I'm getting on the sound off part. I'm getting on the sofa. Do not run your inbox 24 seven with a fucking out of office. Do not, I'm I'm hot, I'm hot right now. Do not run your business 24 seven with when someone emails you in, have a kickback that says, thank you so much for emailing me. Our office, our general office hours are Monday through Thursday night. Don't do that shit. Do you know how annoying that is? I don't even want to do business with those people because then every time I email you as a vendor or as a client, I'm getting an, you're just filling my inbox full of garbage. So if we go back and forth three or four times, same bullshit, same bullshit. So, oh, turn that shit off. Like, that's not setting expectations. That kind of information should be on your website when your office time is, in your email signature. Put it somewhere else. But you should never have up a 24-7. I hate it. Clients hate it. I don't think, and like, God help you. God help you. If you put up one that says we respond in 24 to 48 hours and you fucking don't. You look like an asshole. Like You look like an asshole. You look like an asshole because I'm like, okay, cool. She's got it. It got to her inbox. All right, fine. And then all of a sudden it's seven days later. And I'm like, hello, hello, cricket. Like, unless you are cleaning that inbox, which I for fuck sure do not clean my inbox every 24 hours. It is not. I'm Inbox zero happens once a month on a slow month. Like, I'm never at inbox zero. Mine happened yesterday. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time. I know know. she was so mad at me when we started this podcast. Just backstory: when we first started today, I said, "You'll be so proud of me." My inbox is at zero, and she told me to fuck off. Yeah, literally, I was like, "Suck (laughs) it!" Like it's crazy, but it's just—it's not easy to do. So it is about setting right expectations. Set it right. I do. Set it right. I, I. I will admit, I set the responder that says you have reached us after hours or on our one of our days off. I set it every day after 6 p.m. And then I turn it back off 
at 9 a.m. So throughout right. the workday, it's not on. But if we are closed, I do want them to know, hey, we do have this, but we are closed. And then I do set it for the days that we are completely closed, which is Sunday and Monday, so that they have that expectation of, oh, they're closed on these days of the week. But it's fine because what, when they email, they say, I know it's me Monday. I don't expect your, like the, it trains them in a way. Like they yes. understand and they respect your time and your space. So yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to out of offices. And I really, truly believe when you are solo and you are only one, it's a great expectation setter. But if I put up an out of office every time I went on the road to speak or traveled being like, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone. I have my laptop. I get up every morning. I work for a few hours a day before I go speak and present. Like I'm still working. So for me, that's not, I'm gone. You're not even getting delayed responses. So I don't think you have to shove it up every single time. Well, and I don't think it needs to be on every day, all day. And I know exactly who, like there, we have people in our, in our market that do that. And I get annoyed by it because it, to me, it makes it look like you don't have enough people to do what you yes. do and you don't like it, it. I don't know. It makes it look like you have overcommitted and you don't have the time or yeah. the employees to pull off the event. There's me, one who do it, it like. and they have fucking admin. And I'm like, if you yeah. have an admin, why? Like that's the person is in your inbox at least a few hours every day. Why are you don't need to set that expectation is crazy. So I'll get off my no. soapbox. We'll wrap okay. this guy up today. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just about setting those expectations. I also want to just my two cents. I think that this experience that both of us had to do. Yeah. I think it showed me. And I say this because the people that are closest to me that are always like, you need more time off. You need to not be so much always in the business. I think it also showed me that I can kind of step back more than I do because it showed me that like they could handle it. And that now we have these systems and these SOPs in place that Um, I don't have to do everything all the time. I can step out of it a little bit more. So it was like, It was like an eye-opening experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, my learning opportunity was I have some training to do. Meaning that as many of the things that got handled and were Mm -hmm. awesome and they managed it really well, the things that were in that you need to reply require training because like I I just, it showed me there's a hole in terms of either Mm -hmm. adding another person to the staff that that's their specific skill set or, um, yeah, so it just, it taught me there's a hole. So in a great way, like I never would have really seen it. I would have just kept going. So, yeah. So any, if anything, it has prepared us more for yes. 2024. So we are on a better foot now. So ironically enough. Yes. Well, next week we are going to sit down for another sound off and, no, we're not ranting. No constructive criticism. It's really just we're going to share some of the best takeaways we got from Wedding MBA. Both of us go to the conference. It was, um, it's always in November over in Las Vegas, so it was a little bit ago. But we've got we've got some great takeaways, and we want to make sure you get those. If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we potentially made you laugh, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a review. Want to hear our honest opinion on something in the wedding industry? DM us over on the Instagram, shoot us an email, just let us know when you see us in person, what your pet peeves are in annoying situations. We will add it to our sound off checklist. Now go make epic shit happen.